Welcome to Citizens Insight, the Citizens Party's interview series on matters of national and international importance. My guest today is the Executive Director of the Licensed Post Office Group, Angela Cram. Welcome, Angela. Hi. Hi, Robbie. Now, we just want to have a quick discussion today because we're going to talk about a show that's going to be on Channel 7 this week and next week called Mr Bates versus the Post Office, which is the story of an incredible scandal in the United Kingdom about how badly treated the local post office operators were over there by the post office, by big corporations for about 20 years and the fight that they had to put up um, in order to clear their name, and that fight is ongoing, but the television show has had a huge impact in the UK and we want people to watch it here because I've asked Angela to come on. What should shock Australians when you watch it is the equivalent of the post masters in the UK, in Australia called licensees, post office licensees, they relate to this scandal because of the way they've been treated by Australia Post. And the fact that that's the case, the fact that thousands of licensees in Australia have heard about this show in the UK and think, hang on, we've had something similar, maybe not quite as extreme as something similar, should shock everybody, should shock the politicians, and I want Angela to... Um, share her experience and insights on that in the um, the time we have for this interview. So, um, Angela, you put me on to Mr Bates versus the Post Office. You got to watch it. Just describe to the audience how you felt watching this show and just and give them a bit of a sense of what it's about. Uh, it, it was, like it was just horrifying. It was, you know, like watching our history. I mean, I had the car loads of the people come to my post office and my home and my manager's homes to try and stop us making a noise about what we really needed to tell everyone. And and they were prepared to do anything to shut me up. They just picked the wrong topic. They actually tried to terminate me with something that licensees can't do. So... It fell apart very quickly, but watching that show and watching, especially when Mr Bates <laughs> turns around to his wife, he, like it's part of the show, and if yeah. you haven't seen the show yet, you know, it's a pivotal moment when he turns to his wife and says, surely we are not the only people. And that's exactly what I said to my husband when we were going broke. And nobody would listen to us. The executive of Australia Post just dismissed us as a noisy minority. Like the CEO of Australia Post sat in front of the Senate and said we were just a noisy minority, 30 licensees, and yet the entire network was virtually insolvent. And lots of us were insolvent. We were just limping along. But it was so hard for us to get anyone to take any notice. And it really wasn't until the former senators, Ron Boswell and Nick Xenophon, and they are the equivalent in yeah. the Mr Bates. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the... His name the, is uh, James, 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 James Arbuthnot. Yeah, the one who but like, paid attention. if not for just whatever we got through or whatever, whoever got through to Nick Xenophon and Ron Boswell, with the right words where they stopped and said, hang on, there is something here we need to look at. We would, like, Australia probably wouldn't have a postal service because everybody just believes 
that this is the government. And, and this is what the UK is now discovering. All of these people over there are suddenly realising, hang on, these are people just like us, that they, you know, they bought this post office, they operate this post office with their own money and they're held accountable. And, you know, they've been put in jail and the executive of the UK Post knew it was their yeah. system that was wrong, and yet they just ignored it. So like, what, what, Angela? What, he, Angela, let me just interject. What you're describing, which, what is, what is the similarity, the parallel between the two cases of the UK and Australia, is this incredible disconnect between the corporate yeah. management of the organisation and the government which owns it, the sole shareholder. And the people who provide the service on the ground, who are the, 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 the salt of the earth, the pillars of their local communities, etc. The, 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 um, yeah. the, well, we, we are. We are just normal mums and dads. Like, none of us are going to make a fortune running a no, post exactly. office. None of us went into the business to be high flyers. Like, you don't run a post office exactly. if that's where you're wanting to be. We are just, we thought, we were earning a living in partnership with the government and, of course, it would be all above board and well managed. Well, it is as far from that as you can possibly come. So the story... Had, in the last 20 years, we had a couple of three or four years which were magnificent, but we are right back. Like, honestly, we are back to where we started now with the current management, their idea of success for Australia Post is pretty much to wind down the postal network. So, like, so, and we need people to actually mm. understand that, you know, it's there's more to having a post office in your community than, a, yeah. you know, you would think. Well, as I've told you, Angela, it was only because I met you and because you were the only person who defended Christine Holgate in 2020 that I actually learned, I personally, and we learned about the what happens in post offices in Australia. And I actually felt bad because here's an essential service that you all take for granted. And behind the facade of those postal buildings is incredible turmoil that had been going on for decades. So let's just quickly recap the UK scandal though. Starting in 1999, the UK post office rolled out a software program called Horizon. They apparently did a pilot first and they knew from the pilot that there were teething problems but they rolled it out across the 11,500 post offices in the UK, most of which are operated by people called sub-postmasters. And they are, it's, an, it's not a dissimilar, they're not quite the same as licensees, but it's not a dissimilar situation. For a lot of them, it's their business, but they have a contractual obligation to the post office that if there's a shortfall in the money, in the takings, they have to make it up out of their own pocket. And starting immediately, these this Horizon software started showing this shortfall and these sub-postmasters would call up the helpline and say, there's something wrong here. And the first thing they'd be told every time is, you are the only, no one else is having this problem. It's just you. That's what they would be told by the, by the, uh, the operators on the phone. Meanwhile, the post office and the corporation who provided the software, Fujitsu, knew there was incredible problems with the software Behind the scenes, they're trying to work it out. They've got backdoor access to the, to the computers of the sub-postmasters without the sub-postmasters knowing, and data is being changed on their computers without them knowing. Yet when they couldn't fix it that way, 
they use the powers they have to, to bring private prosecutions to charge sub-postmasters with um, false accounting, fraud and theft, and they charge nearly a thousand, they prosecute nearly a thousand of them over the journey. A whole thousands more had to pay back money, but and, and something like over 400 ended up going to jail over the 20 years. And the only person who led the fight back was Mr. Bates, Mr. Alan Bates, and, and you'd really got to watch this show. So we're, Angela and I are doing this interview, so you make sure you watch this show on Channel 7 this week and next week. Um, Mr. Bates was the person who led the fight back because he was convinced from the beginning that he wasn't at fault, the software yeah. was. And he never admitted to anything. He lost his business. But when he saw, and he's the one who said to his wife, surely it's not just us. And when he saw yeah. these other sub-postmasters being prosecuted, he got into contact with them and started building a, a group, a, a, um, a lobby group of postmasters to clear their name and that's what the drama documents, and they eventually ended up doing that. Um, and so the similarities, Angela, is really starts with what you've already referred to. When you turned to your husband, because you're running, you did not think when you took up the job of a post office licensee in Australia, where you're in partnership with the Australian government, you did not think in a million years that you, that would send you bankrupt. But that's what was happening. And then you just you decided with your husband, well, we can't be the only ones. And you started reaching out and making noises about it. So just tell people, I think it's worth a little bit of time we have, just quickly go through the chronology of how that happened and how you brought um, Nick Xenophon and uh, uh, Senator Ron Boswell on board. We were unable to cover our costs at one of our post offices. It just cost us far more to pay the staff to do the work that was required to be done than the revenue that was coming in. And we were selling... My husband was a builder for 40 years, so we were selling our investment properties to try and prop up a post office in a community where there's, you know, probably 10,000 people. It was a busy post office. And we just couldn't understand how... We were doing it so wrong in one and the other two were doing really well. We had three at the time. And it was because we had three that we could actually start interrogating the business and looking at, okay, we're getting paid this flat rate fee to do all this work here. But in the other two, it was a third or, you know, maybe even a fifth of the work for the same flat rate fee. And then the parcels and the letters started booming. This was the early 2000s. And online shopping was not a thing when we yeah. bought that post office, but there was two, you know, close to 2,000 PO boxes and no street delivery at all. There was no delivery other than over the counter at the post office. So it was very evident <laughs> that the amount of work in one was just, tenfold compared to the other two. And that's why we were able to say there's something wrong here. We are not being paid to do this work. So how are we supposed to be funding? And, like, we thought with Australia Post, obviously the first thing we did was go to Australia Post and say, hang on, like, you know, we're in trouble here. We can't afford to do this. So you need to change this. Unbeknownst to us, the board had made a decision, a business decision, shortly after we bought that post office, 
and our payments were linked to the basic postage stamp. So when that price went up, our payments went up back in those days. At that one, the, the problem child LPO, more than 80% of our revenue came from mail work, which was only linked to the BPR, the basic postage stamp. So mm. the board made a decision to stagnate the BPR to save or to, you know, help the letters business continue, which is why in 2008, every telco and every bank sent every address a letter every week. It just was phenomenal. That's the boom that everybody refers to. But we kept working with Australia Post because we assumed that that's what we needed to do, to say to them, you need to pay us more because we can't pay the staff to do this work. And parcels were booming, booming. And they just disregarded us totally, like to the point where they said, you know, you're just bad operators. But we then started hearing about a lot of bad operators yeah. just walking away. And we had too much invested to walk away. So we kept fighting until about 2010. And I was on the Licensing Advisory Council and we raised these issues through that forum and we were equally dismissed there. And then, you know, in 2010, I was actually raided and charged with alleged fraudulent activity um, which you're, which you're, convinced, you're convinced relates to how outspoken you were. It, it, I'm, I know that. I've yeah. been informed of that now. But, like, it, well, I was a problem and they needed to get rid of me, just like Mr Bates. And a little bit of context. A little bit of, can, can I, can I and, provide a little bit of context here? Because you said earlier, if this hadn't been addressed, the postal service could have collapsed. Licensees make up um, three quarters of post office delivery in Australia. Three quarters of them are post yep. office run, you know, there's 4,000 post offices, nearly 3,000 are run by these small business licensees. And here they're going bankrupt. And yep. the management of Australia Post is both ignoring you, but meanwhile, still racking yep. up um, dividends to pay the government, the sole shareholder of the post, 200 million a year or whatever in dividends. Oh look, Australia Post is making a profit at your expense and that they is- didn't care. That is exactly what was going on. Billions of dollars were paid in dividends to the government and those billions of dollars actually came out of licensees' pockets. We were not paid to do the work that we were doing. And when you actually did go broke, Australia Post just picked up the licence and sold it on to another person. There's so many people who thought it was because they didn't know how to operate a business. It was actually, in most cases, I mean, sure, there might have been a few of those, but if the business was viable, you would have still been able to pay yourself enough to, you know, have a job. That's what we, we, we buy ourselves a job. We are, you know, we have improved mm. it a lot, but in 2010 and 12, you bought yourself a job. That's what it was. Australia Post did not fairly share the pie because they benefited, and they still do, they benefit from paying the government money so, in the form of dividends. So, and now licensees are paid a lot more money to do the job, and the government now is lucky if they get, you know, 
like I think last year they got about twenty six million dollars in dividends. When the you know in the early two thousands they were getting hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars in dividends. The difference is the payments come to licensees more so now than going to the government. So the appeal of Australia Post is no longer a cash cow. So it's basically now a problem for the government. It's a very expensive community service obligation and there's, you know, no return to the government anymore of having this. So, Angela, you let's just um, fast forward a bit here because you, you got... Um, yourselves organised, you, you, you got the attention of people like some good senators like Nick Senefon and, and Ron Boswell, etc. But you still didn't get much from management, even with those senators actually advocating for you we, in the we, Senate. Like we head-butted with Ahmed Fahor, who was the CEO. Like the first few times that he went to Senate estimates, he didn't even know what an LPO was. 80% of his footprint were LPOs and he did not know what they were. So eventually, you know, we did raise the interest of Ron Boswell and Nick Xenophon and they actually sat down with licensees, both of them, independently of each other. Ron Boswell got eight licensees together in Queensland and he actually wrote about that meeting in his book that he has just released about his time in Parliament. And he said it was the most harrowing constituent yeah. meeting he's ever had. And Nick Xenophon did the same thing in, in South Australia. And they were a week apart. Like, it was a total coincidence. And Nick Xenophon said he wanted to actually get a wider view. So he asked if he contacted us and he asked if we could get more people to come and talk to him. So he held a public meeting in South Australia. More than a hundred licensees flew into that meeting to sit down and tell him the truth. He could not believe what he was hearing. And then the next week, Ron Boswell and Nick Xenophon went back to Parliament and, and independently both thinking they should do something or what should they do. And they, like Nick Xenophon, ran into Bozzy in the corridor and decided to speak to him. And that's what made the difference for us? The two of them said, we need to do something. I mean, anyone who knows Nick Xenophon knows that he certainly, you know, took to a cause that he thought needed to be fixed. And Ron Boswell, but the, you but, know, like read his book, he, but, gets, he got a lot of things done in his 30 years. Yeah. So we were very fortunate that those two then took our case forward. And we have improved out of sight, but we are still undervalued, underutilised, and underpaid but Angela, for the what real... we provide to Australia, but it... the, every community that has a post office. But Angela, the real difference was made by Christine Holgate when she became CEO in 2017 and until 2020. Just describe what, how, what, what was Christine different? Why was she able to make a difference? And what's happened since you've lost her, since, she's, since Scott Morrison, this was on television last night, by the way, it featured in the Nemesis documentary, since Scott Morrison bullied her out of the position, what has happened to you since? Okay, so we, we've done a lot of thinking about what was the difference and we've been asked, but everyone says we're fixated on Christine Holgate. Okay, maybe we are, but what we're really fixated on 
was what she did. She empowered licensing. She came into a business and she felt that the retail footprint was one of the most valuable assets of Australia Post. It should be, it is the front-facing counter of Australia Post. It's what communities see. So we need to make it a powerhouse. And she actually went through the process. In the three years that she was in, and like as the CEO, she went through the process of working on, okay, now we need to fix this and then we'll do this and then we'll do that. Like she bought in and and just reinvigorated the retail footprint. I'm thinking that, you know, the blasted watches were to reward a team of people that stepped outside their normal work and worked with the banks, well, worked, Again, like convince yeah. the banks to chip in and help Australia Post survive in every rural community. Well, every community really, yeah. but that banking contract that injected $220 million into Australia Post over three years was life changing for everyone. Ironically, one of the things that that allowed Australia Post to do was introduce a new point of sale system. Yeah. And that new point of sale system is finally being finished now. It's being rolled out across our footprint and Fujitsu is installing it. If you think that licensees had the jitters before <sighs> Mr Bates came on the horizon, boy, we are, you know, very nervous. There are issues and all the rest of it, but Australia Post is assuring us it is not Horizon. But Christine Holgate valued the retail footprint. The previous CEO before her and the current CEO of Australia Post do not see that retail is an important part of Australia Post. They do not value it. It's there and they will, you know, they're not, well, the current management of Australia Post does believe that we really don't need a manned outlet, that we can quite easily live with a bank of parcel lockers and a vending machine in more than three quarters of the outlet. So the the value that is sort of, or the resources that are yeah. probably directed towards the retail footprint is, has been the problem and the difference, I suppose. So, Christine and, Holgate yeah, was yeah. passionate about what we could do and and our part that we played through so, building and, Australia Post and the rest of the managements before and after value the delivery side and don't really see the connection with the customers. So, Angela, one, um, la one last Angela, um, one last question. Christine Holgate listened to the licensed post offices, the licensees. You don't have her anymore. Are you being listened to by Australia Post Management? No. I mean, like, we do at, at, you know, not at the executive level. We don't, we don't have, yep. we don't have meaningful consultation. We do get to raise our issues, but the, the level of people that we now, you know, engage with, uh, their management has 
um, a different perspective than us. So while they don't like us being loud and noisy and being, you know, malcontent, it's not their prime focus. Their retail footprint is not something that they value. They value parcels in trucks being picked up and they value the market share of the parcels business as their number one priority, not the, you know, yep. 3,000 retail outlets that see people all day, every day. Well, look, let's, so, Angela, let's, let's end it there for the, for the sake of time. So I hope for the viewer, understand that we have an, an enormous problem in Australia Post and our postal service delivery in Australia now. The, Christine was the exception, Christine Holgate was the exception who proved the rule and it's now back to the bad old days as Angela opened with. And look at, make sure you watch Mr. Bates versus the post office to understand just how bad it can get. So it's not quite as extreme in Australia where people have gone to jail, but as Angela said, she was raided, etc. There's a this disconnect between these corporate managerial types who are looking for dividends and bonuses and etc. And the actual reality of the delivery on the ground is where the... The, um, the UK post office scandal uh, went bad and it's where Australia Post has gone bad. And if we value postal services in Australia, we better get behind the licensed post offices yeah. group as they're trying to raise the same issues because it's, it's absolutely vital. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I recommend we can put a link below. People should watch um, Angela and the, ch- the, uh, the chair of LPO group, Scott Etherington, when they gave their testimony to the Senate uh, on the 1st of December about the regional bank closures inquiry and advocated what the Citizens Party advocates for as well, which is there are solutions, including our solution of a postal bank that can actually provide banking service to every community, but also revenue for the postal service and the retail outlets so that that essential infrastructure can remain. Um, But it starts with people understanding how bad the problem is. So please... Watch Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Tell everyone you know to watch Mr. Bates versus the Post Office this week and next week on Channel 7. Tell your politician to watch Mr. Bates versus the Post Office and then tell them they should be paying attention to the plight of licensees in Australia. Angela, thanks very much for joining us today. Keep fighting. We're right behind you always. And um, thank you for your support. We do really appreciate how much your your, your party can raise issues and can make a difference. We have, you know, like there is absolutely no doubt that the citizens of Australia (laughs) make a difference. We do. So we're just encouraging citizens that watch that program, like on Wednesday night, put yourself in their footprint. Just be that licensee and watch what those people are saying. It is absolutely shocking. Terrible. All right, well... I hope Channel 7 appreciates us um, getting ratings for them, Angela. Thanks very much. Make sure you watch Mr Bates versus the Post Office. All right, thank you.